Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's update on the Alberta wildfires. We will begin today with an update from Colin Blair from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, followed by Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire. We will then take your questions. Go ahead, Colin. Thanks, Cam. Good afternoon, everyone. Alberta continues to be under a provincial state of emergency, and the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre remains at level four. In addition to the provincial state of emergency, there are 20 states of local emergency as well as five band council resolutions and 15 evacuation orders are in place. About 17,431 people remain evacuated at this time and there are 11 reception centers that have registered evacuees. In the past 24 hours, there have been several changes to the evacuation orders and alerts the total number of evacuation orders is now at 15, and there are four evacuation alerts in place. Most notably, the town of Valley, Valley View just issued an evacuation order this afternoon for all residents in the area, and nearby Sturgeon, Count, correction, Sturgeon Lake Cree Nation expanded its evacuation order. All residents who have to evacuate should register at the nearest reception centre or online. So far, more than 15,624 people are registered. Registering will make it easier to get help and resources to evacuees, and it makes it easier for officials to reach residents with important information. The wildfire situation continues to be extremely volatile. Hot and dry conditions throughout much of the province are creating the perfect storm for fires to start and grow quickly which poses a significant and unpredictable threat to many communities. It's crucial that all Albertans pay close attention to the fire bans that are in place throughout most of the province. As well, those who are driving in any area of the province where there are active wildfires should drive with caution. Smoke is causing poor air quality and reduced visibility. Motorists should drive with caution and check 511 for up-to-date provincial road closures and road conditions. For those who are in a community that's on an evacuation alert, being prepared to evacuate could very well save lives. The situation can change quickly and an evacuation order may be issued at any time with little to no warning. I want to reinforce the importance of people being prepared for themselves, their loved ones and their pets. There's a lot of information on how to prepare for an evacuation on the Alberta government website. Albertans can also find emergency alerts by visiting the emergency alert site. Preparing in advance will keep residents and their loved ones safe. We encourage all Albertans in potentially impacted communities to stay informed by paying attention to emergency alerts and local news updates. Get information only from trusted and verified sources. Follow your local authority's social media accounts and download the Alberta Emergency Alert app. Residents should also remember to stay connected with neighbours and community members. Contact from friends and neighbours during an emergency can help everyone stay safe and feel supported. In their preparation, it is crucial to pack an emergency kit that will last for a week or more with essential items like medications, identification, a first aid kit, flashlights, batteries, non-perishable food, cash, and clothing. 
This kit should be kept in an accessible location, and we urge people to have a plan for their pets. They should consider how they'll gather and transport their pets, where their pets will go, and what supplies they will need, including food, medications, leashes, and carriers. Albertans can find more tips and information online at alberta.ca. We have also heard from Albertans who are concerned about the security of their home and property if they must evacuate. The Alberta RCMP website has tips on how, how Albertans can protect their properties in advance of being evacuated, and it includes updates on what the RCMP is doing in specific areas. Those in affected areas by wildfires are encouraged to opt in for this free voluntary system. We know parents and students have been worried about how the evacuations and school, school closures will affect upcoming diploma exams. Alberta Education has been working closely with all affected school divisions to continually assess the situation and what that means for student learning. A decision has been made to automatically exempt students affected by wildfire evacuations from writing diploma exams if they have been displaced from school for 10 days or more. I'll say that again. If they have been displaced from school for 10 or more school days. This means that a student who has been displaced from a school as a result of the wildfire for 10 or more school days is automatically exempted from writing their diploma exams this June and not have it count against their final grades. Students can choose to write their, the diploma in a different community in June or can choose to write the exam in August if they don't want the exemption. By providing options, we are giving flexibility to students and parents who are facing pressure as the evacuations continue. These are trying times and the coming days may be quite difficult. We are doing all we can to protect communities at risk, but all Albertans need to remain vigilant and closely follow updates on the current wildfire conditions. The safety of Albertans, their families, and their communities depends upon it. I urge Albertans to download the Alberta Emergency Alert app to their mobile devices to receive emergency alerts and important information. These are just a few key updates, but more information on how to prepare and emergency alerts are available online at alberta.ca slash emergency. We continue to work closely with local officials and responders in all affected communities to get personnel, resources, and equipment where they are needed. Finally, I want to remind evacuees that we do have a nightly telephone town hall they can join. The call begins at 7.30 p.m. and provide a great opportunity for evacuees to get the information they need. They can join the town hall by calling one 833-380-0691. Thank you, and I will now turn things over to Christy from Alberta Wildfire for more information on the provincial wildfire situation. Thank you, Colin. There are currently 90 wildfires in the forest protection area of Alberta. 23 of those wildfires are out of control. So far this year, we've responded to 465 wildfires burning nearly 
532,000 hectares. You can always get up-to-date numbers uh, as things change by accessing our interactive map on the Alberta wildfire status page. Well, the weekend was a challenging one for firefighters, and many Albertans may have observed more smoke in the air from active wildfires. Smoke can impact visibility, making it difficult to assess wildfires. And the wind is expected to change today, which could lead to unpredictable wildfire behavior. It could also affect the movement and intensity of wildfires. Winds are expected to shift from the southeast to the northwest with gusts of up to 50 kilometers an hour. Combined with the heat and dryness, this will cause dangerous conditions for our firefighters on the ground. We are watching conditions closely as they can change very quickly with hourly reports on the progress of the weather. Tomorrow, strong northerly winds and gusts are expected to continue with little precipitation expected. But we have 900 firefighters and support staff joining more than 1,600 from Alberta wildfire for a combined total of 2,500 people battling wildfires in Alberta. And that's not to mention the many more municipal and county firefighters who are working to protect their communities. Again, this is not the time for complacency. All Albertans need to remain vigilant to the threat of wildfires, even in those areas with a lower wildfire activity. Under these conditions, a wildfire can start and spread easily anywhere in the province. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. We will begin with questions here in the room and then move to the phones. Please be sure to state your name and outlet. You'll have one question and one follow-up. Please note that we do have Kindy Joseph here from Alberta Education to answer any questions related to diploma exams. Uh, are there any questions here in the room? Okay, we'll move to the phones. Operator, can you put forward the first question, please? Thank you, Sarah Comadina, Global News. Hello, thank you for taking my question. This is for Christy. I am just wanting to know... The, the situation that you just described sounds very bleak. Just how much worse uh, can it get in Alberta when it comes to wildfires? Um, we have already seen extraordinary conditions so far this month, uh, which has led to some of the extreme wildfire behavior that we've seen uh, in the last two weeks. Um, we have uh, a drying trend um, people have talked about the heat event going on in the province right now, and that means some of the larger uh, fuels can dry out even further. So certainly we are not out of the woods. I don't believe the worst is behind us. We need to be prepared and ensure that our resources are best placed where that fire danger is going to be most extreme. Follow-up question? Yes. Um how different is this fight to multiple fires instead of one big fire like in Fort McMurray or Slave Lake? Um, well, certainly there, there was a, a draw on resources to different priority areas. Our number one priority is and always has been uh, preserving human life and our communities. And we need to ensure that, uh, that resources 
are being called in from outside. We're getting a lot of extra assistance, as I mentioned, um, from outside the province as well as from uh, military forces here, and ensure that we have those resources placed uh, in a variety of positions around the province. So it is a little, uh, certainly a large challenging wildfire will challenge any agency, uh, and multiple challenging wildfires uh, is a draw on, on many resources. So they are... Uh, Spreading out throughout the province, which allow, but we are, we have been taking uh, strategic steps to group wildfires together to allow us more efficient uh, firefighting process and uh, tackle multiple wildfires in the same, uh, by the same team. So we have taken steps uh, to meet the challenge, but certainly having multiple wildfires is, is a difficult situation for any agency. Thanks. Thanks, Christy. Operator, can you put forward the next reporter? Charlie Robinson, City News, Edmonton. Hi there. Um, I was hoping to get an update on international firefighters. I know we have some teams from the U.S. What other countries are there teams from? And I know in the past we've had Australia, South Africa. Is, is there more of an international call for help, or does that come later? Um we do have uh, firefighters with us now from British Columbia, Quebec, Ontario, Yukon, uh, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, uh, many as well joining us from the United States, Oregon, Alaska, Washington, Montana. We have uh, partners from Parks Canada who have assisted with uh, firefighters and, of course, uh, members of the Canadian Armed Forces as well. So we, we do have a significant number of um, additional firefighters and extra resources here in the province at the moment. We do have the ability through our interagency uh, forest fire center to request uh, help from further afield as well. And certainly uh, that is an option uh, when going out to, to additional partners. We have worked with firefighters from Australia, from Mexico uh, in the past and, and from South Africa. So uh, certainly the requests, as the requests uh, come in, that will be assessed uh, by the experts at the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Centre and uh, discussed by other agencies across Canada as to the availability of resources. Thanks, Christy. Follow-up question? Yeah, I was just wondering uh, as well with the military, uh, if they are still deployed on the fires we were talking about on Friday or if they had to be pulled back because of changing conditions and different training levels, um, what's, where, where are they currently being deployed? Uh, the information I have is that the uh, military have been deployed to three uh, areas and they have been assisting on basic firefighting duties, uh, which include uh, mop-up, and that is on less active wildfires. To my knowledge, they are all still at the areas where they were deployed, uh, Fox Creek and uh, Drayton Valley and um, Third Community, and they are... Uh, as far as I know, still working hard in those areas to assist with the less active fire um, portions of the wildfire. Thank you, Christy. Operator, can you put through the next reporter? Terry Tate, Globe and Mail. Hi, thanks for taking my question. This week we saw, or weekend we saw the Grand Prairie County Fire Chief discuss an incident with a volunteer dozer uh, putting firefighters' lives, uh, a little bit in danger. Can, have you had further trouble with people trying to volunteer to protect uh, communities or their home area, that type of thing? Hi, thank you very much for the question. 
Not that I'm aware of. I think we've just had that one incident that has come out, and I'm very appreciative of uh, you know, the mayor and the, the fire chief coming out and expressing how concerning that is. I, I'm hoping that uh, everybody is hearing the message loud and clear that these are coordinated efforts. Life safety is number one. It's our first priority, and the responders uh, require a coordinated approach. So you know, we urge everybody to look to the local authorities to make sure that they're not doing anything in in isolation and the, that the, the coordination occurs at the local area. Thanks. Do you have a follow-up question, Carrie? Yeah, thank you. Related to that, is there a role for volunteers to be out there actively fighting fire? I think there is a role. We've uh, been fairly explicit uh, that there are a couple of uh, of uh, layers to this. The first one is the is the local layer. So we're we are trying to continually message for people to contact their local authorities to have that communication. We also have uh, Alberta Emergency Supports at gov.ab.ca. So we're looking for people who would like to volunteer who you know, are trained and experienced uh, to provide their information to that website. And from there, they will be vetted. They will be passed on to the appropriate expert uh, at, at a department level. And and what we're doing is, is uh, we, we want the local authorities to have control of the situation. So we're not pushing resources to them. It's very much a pull approach where the uh, the emergency operations center, the incident command posts are working with the Provincial Emergency Coordination Center on resource requests. Thank you, Colin. Operator, can you put through the next reporter? Thank you, Bill Fortier, CTV. Hi there. Uh, question on the Valley View fire. Can you can you elaborate a little bit, uh, probably for Christy Tucker, on uh, what prompted the um, evacuation this afternoon? But where is the what fire is threatening Valley View? How close is it? And how real is the threat for that community right now? Um, I'll let Colin touch on the evacuation order today, but I certainly address <clears throat> the condition of the fire. Uh, I believe that fire threatening the uh, area was the Sturgeon Lake complex, and that is uh, a complex built of two wildfires, a combined uh, hectares of about 5,000. Uh, they are both out of control. And uh, it has shown some activity. Uh, we have seen extreme wildfire behavior on that complex. And uh, one of the fires uh, has um, moved beyond its uh, fire guard. And certainly, I believe the change in the wind direction would be a factor that the municipality would be considering uh, when they are making these decisions. Will we provide them as much information as they possibly can in order to make that decision to keep their community safe? Colin? So we did have an Alberta emergency alert go out this afternoon for Valley View. Uh, I would suggest that people go to the alert webpage to have a look at the details. We have asked people to evacuate to the town of Whitecourt. Uh, so please refer to alberta.ca slash emergency to get the details and our emergency alert website uh, to get the address of the reception center. Do you have a follow-up question, Bill? Quick follow-up. Um, you mentioned 2,500 total staff on these fires now. Can you tell us, as of today, how many firefighters 
uh, both domestic and uh, or from Alberta and outside of Alberta are working on the fires? Excuse me. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. We have uh, combined uh, 900 from outside of Alberta who are assisting us, and that includes uh, members of the Canadian Armed Forces, and uh, it includes support staff as well as firefighters, and 1,600 from Alberta Wildfire. Operator, can you put through the next reporter? Sarah Comedina, Global News. Hi again. Uh, you mentioned how dangerous it is right now for firefighters on the ground trying to get ahead of the situation. How do you mitigate that um, and still, you know, try to get these fires under control uh, when it is this dangerous? Um, certainly, the the health and safety of our firefighters is something that. Uh, that all wildfire uh, management personnel are, are keeping in mind. Uh, we need to keep our people safe. And when we see extreme wildfire behavior, as you can uh, under gusting winds and very hot and dry temperatures, uh, you have to adjust your tactics on, on how you uh, will fight a fire. And sometimes uh, those, uh, those mean um, more indirect attack. Things like uh, steering a fire away from the community through uh, using natural fire breaks and, and removing burnout, so removing dry fuel uh, that could be used to, to pull a, a fire in a certain direction. So there are a lot of indirect attack uh, methods uh, that don't require us to put our people directly in front of a wildfire, which is certainly not something that we would want to do if it was unsafe for firefighters. Sarah, do you have a follow-up question? I do. I just have two more questions. Um, one is with Valley View when it comes, because I know there was evacu evacuees that went there, and then there was that situation where the Valley View Agricultural Center uh, Society took in the animals, and so they're, I'm assuming right now, trying to also move pets. I'm just wondering logistically, like how how that could be done. I know I know that might be difficult to answer from your end, but just when you get that evacuation order to leave right away, like how does that how does that work? Hi, Sarah. I don't have the specific details as to what has happened in Valley View. We have been communicating for people that are in these areas to be prepared. So I think if you're looking for specific details, we can follow up afterwards. Okay, thanks, Sarah. I'm sorry, we have to move on to the next caller. We have only have time for one follow from each uh, reporter. Um, can you put through the next uh, reporter, operator? Yes, Nicole DiDonato, CTV. Hi there. Um, I know there was a little bit of talk already about the Drayton Valley um, situation and the wildfire in that area. Um, so I'm wondering if you can provide any more updates just on how that um, situation is going, how the military support has been helping with that. Thank you. Yes, the uh, this is a mutual aid fire that we're assisting the county with, uh, RCU 005. Uh, it is currently nearly 5,000 hectares in size. It's still classified as out of control, but we have seen a variety of wildfire activity on this fire, uh, ranging between low to high on the inside of the perimeter of the fire. Um, uh, we do have firefighters, helicopters, and heavy equipment working on the fire and air tankers available uh, when appropriate. There's uh, folks working on uh, assisting to protect structures 
and uh, the county has additional resources. Um, we have completed infrared scanning, uh, looking for hotspots, and that's those areas of inside the perimeter of the fire that are flaring up or showing uh, more activity and gives us an idea where to focus on in the fire. Thank you, Christy. Follow-up question? Yes, uh, thank you for that. So I guess on the other note, um, a little bit of a two-parter, but just wondering if there's any update on the amount of homes uh, that have been damaged by this or, or destroyed. And uh, I guess on that note as well, just any update on the evacuation order when that might be lifted. I know we heard it could be um, later this week, but yeah, just kind of hoping for some updates on that as well. So with respect, with respect to specific numbers about impacts, th this is part of the uh, reentry process for for Drayton Valley. Uh, we are not going to be providing that information until Drayton Valley is prepared to do so. The intent is is that they would be reaching out to anybody who's had a home or business that has been damaged or destroyed by the fire. I think, uh, as you heard from Christie, the the local fire is still out of control. Uh, this is the most significant criteria for any reentry, uh, because there is no predictability on that fire, it's going to have to be in a state where it is being held or under control before they can move to other considerations uh, as part of that reentry plan. And that may include things such as the state of water, wastewater facilities, their power, gas, as well as other uh, things such as health facilities and potentially even some of the local businesses. So uh, what I would recommend is uh, you need to be patient. Uh, when the town is ready, they will come out with a reentry plan to provide the approach that they will use to get the people back in. Thank you, Colin. Operator, can you put through the next reporter? Noel Bouchard, Radio Canada. Hi, my question is about the um, exam, like diploma exams exemption. I just want to make sure I understood that um, completely. So do you mind repeating that, like, that statement? We'll, uh, we'll have Kindy Joseph from Melbourne Education answer that question. Um, thank you for the question. What I can share uh, at this time is that uh, any student that has been out of school uh, for 10 or more instructional days or school days uh, will be exempt automatically from writing the diploma exams in June. Um, that said, there is uh, flexibility um, around students who may wish to write them, so they could still write them in June or August, uh, should they so choose. But uh, students should be in touch with their school or school authority if they're looking for more information. Thank you, Kim. Did you have a follow-up question? No, I don't. Thank you. Reporter, uh, operator, can you put through the next reporter, please? Kelly Malone, Canadian Press. Hi, Kelly Malone with the Canadian Press. So for Christy Tucker, you say you don't believe the worst is behind us. With the increasing winds likely causing a dynamic situation, what areas are of most concern, and are there any communities under serious threat if fires change direction? Um. 
one of the biggest challenges facing firefighters today is the change in wind direction. And that will change uh, where the fire moves and uh, the direction of the head of the fire. So that certainly could change things uh, for some communities. I, um, I would uh, refer you to the wildfire status page. You can see the location of, of some of the fires and where they are in respect to a number of communities. But we are seeing these conditions across the province. Uh, there are some parts of the province that are starting out with a little bit higher humidity, uh, and that will uh, potentially uh, lead to a, a, a less uh, fire behavior, but certainly the possibility is there across the province and people need to remain uh, vigilant, um, particularly when we see uh, gusts of wind in, in some areas. And, uh, and we do know that um, firefighters have been working hard and we have known about this wind change uh, in advance. And so decisions have been made over the last few days to, to adjust how and uh, where we're fighting fire, uh, knowing that the head of the fire is going to be changing. Thanks, Christy. Is there a follow-up question? Uh, Christy led into my follow-up question. Can you provide a bit more details about how resources have been shifted with this forecast? Um, I don't have exact numbers on, on where... Um, Firefighters have been moved, but uh, it is a fluid situation, and certainly that's something we're used to dealing with here in Alberta. Conditions can change quickly. Uh, winds can change quickly, and we are used to dealing with that. We know that we have the uh, resources to move firefighters uh, when we need to in order to ensure that certain areas are, are well protected. Operator, can you put through the next reporter, please? William Piquet, Western Producer. Hi. Uh, there were reports last week of farmers and ranchers staying behind to help uh, protect their properties and, and volunteer. Um, can you provide the latest update regarding livestock operations? Um, how many have been impacted or require their animals to be evacuated? Hi, William. I don't have the specific details in front of me right now. We'll have to get back to you. Uh, one thing I I do know and uh, continue to communicate is the is the need for the ranchers and the, the producers to stay in contact with their local authorities but we'll get back to you with the other details do you have a follow-up question william okay i'll wait for the follow-up thank you okay um operator can you put through the next reporter please thank you terry reed cbc yes thank you good afternoon thank you for taking my call uh, is anyone there aware of any firefighters being injured on the job so far? I'm sorry, Terry, I don't have any information on that, not to my awareness. Thank you so much. Follow-up question, Terry? That's it. Thank you. Um, can you, operator, can you put through the next reporter, please? Yes, Nicole Weisberg, CTV. Hi, um, Christy, I believe you said something about the fire near uh, Valley View jumping the fire break. Um, I just wanted to ask about what that means for the community. Does that mean basically that that fire break is no longer providing protection to that community? And does that mean it's kind of exposed at this point? Thanks, Nicole. Um, 
A fire break is one tool uh, that we use, and we use it in association with a, a number of other tools in order to help prevent the spread of a wildfire towards a community. Uh, a fire break is not um, a fail-safe uh, operation from wildfire. It is something that, uh, that we use as a preventative measure to slow down or uh, stop movement of a fire. Uh, the fact that it has moved in, in one area does not mean that the rest of the fire uh, break that, has, that uh, firefighters have been working uh, will not hold. We tend to tie fire breaks to natural barriers and attempt to uh, direct the fire and move it. But sometimes uh, wind can certainly have a significant effect on the movement of a wildfire. And, uh, and it certainly does not mean that the rest of a fire break or a fire guard is not effective. Nicole, do you have a follow-up question? Yes. Um, I wanted to ask about the call-out for volunteer firefighters. I wanted to know whether any volunteer firefighters have actually been utilized at this point. Hi, Nicole. I do not have the answer to that question uh, we do know we have received a number of uh, requests. It's over 300. They have been uh, given out to the applicable department. Some of them have included volunteer firefighters. And uh, as I said before, we do look to the communities to call forward for the resources that they need. So I would need to check in with the team to see if we've actually had any anything move forward. Okay, thank you, Colin. That brings us to the end of questions. Um, please note that there will be a media situation report distributed later today, and we will be back again tomorrow for a regular 3 p.m. update. Thank you very much.